Welcome and thank you for joining us here for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship of Boise, Idaho. Bread and water is what we need and what we have in Jesus Christ. He said, come to me and drink. He said, I am the bread of life. However we adorn our Christian faith, it rests in this most basic thing. Christ is all. Let's learn from him. Let's learn about him. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. Faith is answering the evidence that God has given us to trust in Him, and faith for physical healing of our bodies, if you've been born into the family of God, is something which God has given ample evidence for. So, when healing doesn't come, we must ask why. The first reason may be because you're not His child. You've not been born again, and so this provision is just not offered to you. Again, it may be that there's sin in your life that's festering, And God is more interested in addressing, first and foremost, any spiritual and moral sickness in your life. And then again, it may be for a lack of following that evidence that you may receive God's healing. It can be because you just lack faith enough to trust Him for it. But let's say that you can check all the boxes in all of these categories. You have been born again. You know that this is God's covenant provision for you. It's the children's bread. And you're not aware of any sin that is habitually or willfully practiced in your life. You've asked the Lord to reveal any hidden thing, and He's released your conscience from any sense of guilt. And let's say that you're brimming with trusting confidence and expectation for the Lord's healing, and yet no healing has come. Well, what else could be the cause? Let's consider that now. ...up some level of faith, and the man's response is recorded in the King James this way. He says, Lord... I believe, help thou my unbelief. And now he's no longer just asking for the healing of his son. He's no longer saying, Lord, I believe, just heal my son. It's Lord God, minister in my life, belief and confidence and trust in you. He's confessing that Jesus is the Lord. He's asking that the Lord might grant him a measure of faith to overcome his own doubts and his own fears. Ultimately, we always need God. To give us a measure of faith so that we might return to Him and trust in Him. And even our faith is His gift to us. God, ask us of nothing more than this small amount of expression that says, Lord, I have my doubts, but I know You're the Lord. Give me faith to overcome my doubts and to trust in You and believe in You. And rest my confidence in You, even in this matter. Romans 10 verse 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Part of the reason that we come to a message like this and preach a series on healing like this is so that we can periodically renew ourselves in God's Word on this matter. So that we can be encouraged to allow our faith to follow the evidence of God's Word and trust Him. Trust Him even for this. So you look at your life, you say, look, at I put myself before the Lord and there's no sin that I'm aware of. Or there was and we've dealt with it. Hallelujah. And I have complete trust and I even have an expectation for his healing because I know who he is and I know who he is in my life and what he's given to me and what he's done for me. And it hasn't come yet still. Why not? Why not? Quick, four more reasons. The fourth reason is God wishes to teach us and develop us in his grace. God doesn't heal us right away because he wishes to teach us and develop us in his grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. The story that Paul tells, 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10. Take your Bibles and turn there just a moment. Paul writes, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, 
Paul's had God reveal all kinds of wonderful things in his life. In fact, Paul writes that God has even lifted him up to give him a view of heavenly glory. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Go to the book of Galatians and you'll, if you read it, you'll see that very likely the problem that Paul is struggling with here is a problem with his eyesight. This man who had been given great visions of God and great visions of God's glory and had been revealed visions for his spiritual eyes to see was having a weakness in his physical eyes. And God had to teach Paul a lesson. This wasn't chastisement. This wasn't discipline. This was loving development through the loving restriction of benefits that Paul might expect to receive from God, but God withholds it from him because God saw that those benefits might be received in a wrong way and take him in a wrong direction. And so God allows for him to be physically challenged and pressed by this thorn so that he might not slip into pride because God knows that he dwells in a high and holy place and in the lowly and humble heart. And God wisely conducts himself in Paul's life and he does the same in our lives So that he might condition us in humility before him, even physically limiting us so that we would cry out and depend upon him and his life and his presence and turn into him because that's where he's wanting to direct us. And that's where we grow. Doesn't always answer our prayers. Here's another one. He doesn't always answer our prayers because he's seeking through our lives to fill up the sufferings of Christ. Paul says in Colossians 1.24, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is lacking in the affliction of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. The Lord Jesus, in his trials and his persecutions and his labors and his fatigues, was entering into the experiences of humanity so that he could save human beings. Jesus' feet were subject to the same thorns that our feet are subject to in a fallen world. The Lord Jesus was subject to persecution and rejection and suffering, and he submitted himself to death for our sakes. And the Lord Jesus told us, his disciples, that we are not greater than him, and we should expect similar experiences in the world. But he's changed the arrangement of suffering. We don't suffer like the rest of the world suffers. We suffer for his sake. We suffer for his glory and his honor. We go through and endure the Stresses that come upon a fallen and sinful world. We experience sickness. We experience lowliness. We experience despairing at times. We experience the shadow of death covering us and coming over us. But we experience so that in it we might manifest and explain and we might be an expression and witness of our hope in Jesus Christ who's triumphed all these things. So God gives us these experiences so that in them we might shine out our trust and our faith in Him. That we might become a brilliant witness to the world. You know what the world would say of us if we always received blessing, if God always had His hand upon us, if we were never sick? The world would say what Satan said. Hey, 
If you take care of his body, the man's going to follow you and honor you. But strike his body. That's what Satan said before Job. Strike his body and he'll curse you to your face. The test is on before us. Am I going to honor him? And am I going to praise him? And am I going to believe in him when, when he doesn't always provide and he doesn't always answer? When I suffer like other people suffer? And so God lets us suffer as he did Job. So that from our lives, there might raise up and be raised up a witness, a triumphant witness against the accusation of the enemy and against those who are rebelling against God. And we can say something like, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. C.S. Lewis said that God whispers in our pleasures, but he shouts to us in our pains. And it's true, but it's also true in this way, that God bringing suffering upon our life and difficulty as we trust him and as we believe in him Our lives shout to the world the truth of God that in our pains that oftentimes we can only whisper in our pleasures. And so God lets us experience pains and trials so that our lives might broadcast even more our trust and confidence in Him. By the way, God hasn't promised any of us an expectation of life beyond 70 to 80 years. No matter how long you live, ultimately, unless the Lord Jesus returns, you're going to get your call home. And at that time... The shadow of death is going to pass over you. In the midst of that sickness unto death, you're going to find an occasion to live out your faith to the glory of God and to leave a witness of your confident trust in Him to the very end. He gives it to all of us, and we should thank Him for it. Lord, I know there's no sin in my life. I know I've expected this from you, and it hasn't come. But I trust in you, and I believe in you, and I'll wait upon you. Till my day arrives. And oh, the glory God receives in witness of himself. One last reason. He also might not be healing you because you're praying for the wrong reason. You're asking with the wrong motive. James 4.3 says, You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your own pleasures. It may surprise you. I don't think it will anybody here. But God is supremely interested in His glory and whatever serves that glory. And when you come to God for healing, but only for your own comfort and your own ease, without a concern or a passion for His glory, you'll have a hard time praying the prayer of faith. In fact, the reason God might have you sick is because you've not been living for His glory above everything else. And God is calling you to turn back into Him and say, God, for your glory only, that you might be honored and praised and lifted up. But when you come with a passion for God's glory and your eyes turn away from simple outcomes where you just want to feel better and you turn to Him alone, you'll know that He's there and that He desires to bless you and lift you up because He desires and longs to glorify you whether in life or in death And you'll know you'll get the answer to your prayer. By the way, anyone who prays, God, let my life bring glory to you, I promise you, that prayer's going to be answered. However it works out for you, it's going to be answered. You can take great hope and great promise in that. Well, here's a checklist for us real quickly. I want you to remember this because it may be that you'll be praying for one another and your prayer of faith will be important. Here's the checklist. And I open to God revealing sin, and have I confessed it to him and any others as he calls me to come unto him. Second, have I followed the evidence of what God has said and what God is doing in my life and what God has opened up to me as his child? 
In other words, do I have faith and trust in God for my healing? Third, am I willing to let him develop in me and teach me all of the disciplines of grace in the midst of my sickness? Fourth, am I committed to being a witness to him in the midst of my suffering? Fifth, is my motive for all that I ask of him that he would be glorified? Well then, we can be expectant of his healing. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. And so in all these provisions that you give us, O God, all the ways in which you want to meet your people and minister yourself to your people, you seek to draw us into yourself that we might take glory in you and we might enjoy you and experience you and drink deep of your life and that we might replenish ourselves in your presence so that in this way, you would be glorified to all those around. Would you work in us by your power, that goal and that desire? Would you lead us back as a church to, and as a people of God to follow the evidence of your promises and faithfully claim them and live in them so that here on earth in this faltering and diseased world, we would become expressive, proclaimers and ambassadors of the kingdom that is coming. Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org, traincpe.org, to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, Go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.